You're waking up with Pat and Tom. New Country 105.1. Cody, how is it to uh, go from yesterday sitting down with a pumpkin spice latte to today station coffee? <laughs> well, Starbucks isn't open by the time I come in, and um, I did too a little bit too much pumpkin yesterday, so I feel like I need to take a break. How many, how many, how many pumpkin lattes did you have yesterday? Well, I had one in the morning, but then I had a pumpkin iced coffee later later after the show. And it was too much? Too much for your tummy? Yeah. My stomach yeah. gets so upset on that stuff. It's too sugary and it's just a lot. Yeah, so. it's because you're getting older. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I can't even argue that because I'm like, I know. By the way, speaking of older, you had a tweet last night that kind of bothered me a little bit. Okay. I think it started with... I knew this would come up. I, th- I, I don't have it in front of me, but basically it started with old men... Are the most confident breed of human being... I had this, like, maybe 55-year-old guy hitting on me. Oh, my God, super old. Offered to buy me a beer. Hold on, though. The age difference. It's a huge age difference. I mean, this guy was completely white-gray. This is why you're going to love me. It's a 31-year-old age difference, Tom. Yeah. There's a difference when you're being friendly, but this was, like, in my opinion. He was actually trying to pick you up? I'm pretty sure. I mean, it it was... it was heavily implied. And so did you, did you give him the Heisman? Did you put your hand up and well, say, yeah, I mean, I took the no. free beer and then, you know. <laughs> of course. Wow. And then he eventually walked away. He got the hit. That's a, that's a great move. Well yeah. played. Thank you. And I know it's too early for math. I said there's a 31-year-old year difference. And what is it? Well, you're, how old are you? I, I'm 29. How old is he? I don't know. I said maybe you 55. Said maybe 55. Yeah. Yeah. That's a 36-year difference. No, no it's not. It's 26. Yes. Oh, but I tried to, to win her over by saying it was 31, and it just went right by her. So Yeah. <laughs> Wasted math again. <laughs> last year, Dustin Lynch was snubbed after a big year. He had a big year last year. He was snubbed by the CMAs, and he put out a video. And the video was his honest reaction. Somebody was recording him when he found out that he wasn't nominated for anything. And he was pretty disappointed. I'm not sure that he threw anything in his hotel room, but he didn't no, talk about it. he was about very it. honest about right. it being, being, being snubbed, yeah. And he put that on social media, and it blew up in a, in a big way. And that's when he changed his whole approach to social media. He thought, you know what? Rather than talk about my next single or the tour I'm doing or the night I'm going to have, you know, playing for the people in Omaha, I'm just going to do behind-the-scenes stuff and how I feel about things. And he has been one of the biggest social media country music followers since. Yep. That may happen with King Brown. Not that he's not big now anyway. He absolutely got screwed. And I would say snub, but he got screwed. This guy is not up for anything at the CMAs. And I think all of us are kind of like... Wait, what? Yeah, even for Best New Artist. Best New Artist, absolutely. so weird. It it should be a shoe. Now, granted, there are a lot of of worthy new artist candidates this year. This has been a great year for new artists and new music, but Kane is absolutely in that conversation. I mean, unequivocally. There's no doubt about it. What Ifs was at number one for over 14 weeks, one of three country songs to do that in the past decade. That's on the Billboard charts. Number two, Heaven was the third most streamed country music song for 2017 into 18. So I'm at a loss as to figure out why he wasn't at least nominated. Doesn't have to win, but give the guy a nomination. I agree, yeah. I'm not sure where to take this except to say that I know how the CMA voting goes. I know that the bigger your record label, the more votes you get. It's very, very political. And it's not not unusual for a big label to call Cody and say, hey, if you give me your four votes for whatever artist, I'll give you my six votes for your artist. And there are people who are upset that Luke Bryan didn't garner any nominations. Blake Shelton, who had a pretty good year. 
didn't garner any nominations. And I think you could make a case for, uh, like, a Chris Young, too, who had a really good year. But he's one of those artists that seems to continually fly under the CMA's radar. And for as much as the CMA's love, Carrie Underwood, how does Cry Pretty not get nominated for a single or song of the year? I didn't even think about that either. Yeah, there was a lot of snubs. And then, as you said, Tom, some worthy people being nominated, yes. But also some very worthy people left out. Yeah. And, and you know, once again, the Pat and Tom show. Uh, exactly. Not, not nominated for uh, Broadcasters That's of the Year. the biggest it's, snub of them all. I think that's our new slogan. 26 years without an award. <laughs> but <laughs> without even a nomination. We need to remind ourselves some year you do have to enter to be considered. School back in. So a question is, what is it that you learned in school, specifically probably more like grade school to junior high, that you still use today? Because so much of it is you go back to your reunion or you talk to somebody and you go, oh, you're using that stuff. Right. Cody? Cody? For me, definitely computer class, typing. Um, I learned how to sew a button a what? in a, a what? home ec. A what? A button. <laughs> a button. There you go. And, uh, yeah, I, I've had to do that a time or two. So I would say that's what I've learned the most. Okay. It's practical. This is a question that's being asked on Twitter, and a lot of the answers um, totally relate to, like, we, I had a teacher, and, and this guy kind of nails exactly what the teacher used to say. It basically, uh, there's no such thing as a stupid question. He who asks the question is a fool for five minutes. He who does not is a fool forever. So that's one of those things that, like, should I ask the question or not? One of those kind of, like, sayings from a teacher so, or whatever just bubbles up into your head. You had a teacher that taught you that? Yes. Okay. I, what, a, what a dumb question. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I would say typing skills, and that's, that's more high school, but I had a typing class, and I'm not kidding. I think about that all the time, how much easier it is, because we see people in the building that are hunting peck typers, and I would hate to be that kind of a... We started typing when I was in the first grade. Yes. That's when computers were should. first introduced, and yeah, they were oh like those God. big, chunky Apple computers, and yeah, that's... We had to do wow. all these types of I think that's courses. fantastic because yeah. you do need that. Exactly. What about you? What is, uh, like, the one thing that you kind of have hung on to? There were several, actually. Uh, I'll always thank Mrs. Quinlan, my math teacher, early on, who got an interest in math because I think I'm decent at it. Not great, but I think I'm no, good, and I still use a lot of math today. You're really good at it. Um, secondly, Miss Young, my fourth grade teacher, she taught me the following three things, and I still use them. One, sit up straight. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. This is stuff that's not totally. in the book. Two. Women or girls always go first. Yeah. And three, how I know how many months have 31 days and how and which months have 30. And here's what you do. We should get this on video for This will make a good video, Cody. You want to okay. get this, right? Yeah. yeah. You make a fist. Okay. And you go to the big knuckles, and you see those indentations in your fist. Yeah. Like between the big knuckles. The big knuckles start with January. January, and then the indentation, February, up to the big knuckle for March. Down for April, up for May, down for June, up for July, up for August, and then and so on. And all the big knuckle ones have 31 days. The ones in between have 30 or less. Huh. You're welcome, and thank you, Miss wow. Young. And she devastated the class when at the end of the school year in fourth grade, she announced she was getting married that summer. And every single oh. guy in the class went, oh, oh man. Sad, yeah. Take that off my journal bucket list. So we're asking on Facebook if there is one, like, life skill that you still utilize today that's kind of out of the ordinary that you learned in school. Post it. We'd love to see what you say. What you learn in school? That stuck with you? Do you like Dolan's? Dolan's is pretty cool. Yeah, I. <laughs> this is something, you know, He, I think he probably learned this on the playground. Well, maybe. <laughs> I learned, damn it, I'm mad, is the same spelled forward as backwards. Huh. Go ahead, spell it out. Okay. 
You know one thing that, that I will absolutely credit school for is I have, like, a little bit of knowledge and appreciation of a lot of different sports because of P.E. And I don't know if P.E. is still the same way as when we were growing up, but you tried all these different sports. Like, I know a little bit about soccer because we took a quarter and learned about that, or volleyball, or all these other sports. And I, I've always thought that was kind of cool that I've been able to appreciate a, a wide variety of sports. I could never figure out why, and it still sticks today, what square dancing had to do with P.E. <laughs> You would just square dance, too? Yeah. See, there's another thing that you learned that still could come in handy today. The, the only... The only Stoney's thing... Rock and Rodeo. The only thing that was good about square dancing is if you paired off with Margie Latinsky. Other than that, it was like, what does this have to do with P? That... And I don't really need to know a thing about crab soccer. <laughs> Did you say crab soccer? Yeah, oh, crab soccer. Oh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I love PE, man. When you walk in that gym, I thought, man, I hope it's basketball or dodgeball. Right. I say, and they'd roll out that big ball. We're playing crab soccer. Oh, man, this, this, my day just got worse. I hated handball when you were on those scooters and someone would always run over their fingers and like, <laughs> Oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about. The little, the little tiny yeah, the little scooters. It was like a, a flat square thing yes. with the little roller yes. wheels. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we would play like a game with balls and throw. Yeah, but. All right. <laughs> anyway. Play, playground, playground games that you that you like and then ones that you hated. Maybe we'll do that at. Maybe maybe that's tomorrow's topic. <laughs> okay, <laughs> shelve that one for tomorrow. I have a lot of pent-up frustration <laughs> from recess. <laughs> New Country, 105.1. Patty Tom's Hot Nashville Minute. Cody. I feel bad for Kane Brown. He wasn't nominated for a single CMA award. The snub is weird because his single Heaven was one of only two singles in the past decade to remain top five for 14 weeks or more on the Billboard Country Airplay charts. And his triple platinum number one hit, What Ifs, became the third most streamed country song of all time. He's not even up for a Best New Artist, and I would have thought that he could have won that category, and it turns out he feels the same way. He tweeted an iPhone uh, note last night that he later deleted. The message read, what's a man got to do to get nominated? Um, L-M-F-A-O, just wanted to do my... Just wanted to say to my fans, you are the blank, and I love y'all. If you want to see this, KNCIFM.com. Taylor Swift could possibly become the highest-paid recording artist in history once her contract with Big Machine Records ends in November. Big Machine has been the only professional home Taylor has known since they signed her as a songwriter when she was just 15. She could re-sign with Big Machine, which is also the label for artists like Rascal Flatts, Florida George Lyon, and Thomas Rhett. But if she does, they're going to have to renegotiate with her for 14 years. Get this, for 14 years, the label has gotten 80% of all of Taylor's recording revenues. 80-20. Wow. I think that's standard. Probably, I would think so. And but... it was probably fine when she first started out and she needed their promotional expertise. Now it's a different ball game, and experts say that's one of the things that Taylor is looking to regain is control of her revenue stream. I'm going to have to go check on this, but I think, at least in the beginning, her dad had a piece of that label. So is she negotiating with her father? I don't think he's with that. I think that was initially true. I don't think that's true anymore. Okay. I'll, I'll go check that out. A couple of quick things for the Georgia Line staging the world's biggest USO tour. This is fantastic. September the 12th, they're going to play in Washington, D.C. live, and they will stream it to every single service member who wants it and their families all over the world. That's incredible. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. And the Kenny Chesney story, just real quick, he had his one millionth fan 
come up on stage, one millionth ticket buyer to his uh, his tour this oh, year, yeah. which is going well. And he uh, said, Karen represents every single one of you. And Karen, thank you so much for buying a ticket. And I love you all for coming. And then sent her off. Um, when <laughs> when Garth had his 1,000th uh, ticket buyer. One millionth. One, oh, was it, yeah, one millionth. I'm sorry. One millionth. Uh, last, no, two years ago, they got two cars, a trip <laughs> to Hawaii, a college scholarship, and a $5,000 shopping spree at Amazon. Now, it could be Kenny's more private, so maybe he did things like that and didn't didn't publish it or didn't put it out there. Oh, but Maybe a $50 gift card to his merch tent. Yeah, something. some swag, a T-shirt. <laughs> Come on, Kenny. Do you think your child has too much homework? This is making the rounds on social media. There's a photo of a note from a second-grade teacher in Fort Worth, Texas. And it reads as follows. Uh, Dear parents, after much research this summer, I'm trying something new. Homework will only consist of work that your student did not finish during the school day. There will be no formally assigned homework this year. Research has been unable to prove that homework improves student performance. Rather, I ask that you spend your evenings doing things that are proven to correlate with student success, like eat dinner as a family, read together, play outside, and get your child to bed early. This seems so audacious that I actually snoped it. And the note is true. It's actually from 2016, and she's still doing it today. And she is still doing it today, yeah. Uh, Keep in mind, she teaches second grade. But I remember when my kids were in school, and they had a ton of, of homework when they were in elementary school. Mm. Did Lucas? I had some, but I, I don't feel like I had a lot. Second grade, not so much. But it, I remember mostly in high school, this poor kid, and I think anybody who's got any sort of activity... I don't care if you're in band or plays or what it is you're doing after school, and then you come home and the school owns you homework-wise for another three hours. It's insane. The frustrating thing for for my wife and I, we felt for our kids when they were in high school, is that it was like every teacher felt they were the only one assigning homework. Right. It's as if they were all of a sudden college teachers, because that's the way college operates. And it does, I mean, I guess on one hand, it does kind of get them ready for college and, and develops, you know, good studying skills and stuff like that. But there were I, there were plenty of times where I was just like, I'd, I'd be looking at the kids, and, and they'd, they'd be literally on like their third hour of homework, and I'm thinking, God, go outside and play. You need to be able to go do something other I than feel that. Like- I went to a bad high school because I never remember having that much homework. But then again, we had a lot of study halls, and that's where I did most of my... You spent most of your time in study halls? Is that, <laughs> Not that most saying? of it, but we had at least like two a day, so that's where I would get my homework done and study. Got nine periods, seven are study halls. <laughs> I got no homework. But I mean, what do you what do you think about it? Do you, do you think that homework is... I think there's a balance. Obviously, like anything else, there's a balance. Part of me says it's overrated. Part of me says that the the, the system is failing. And I I love teachers, and I will support teachers till the day I die. They don't make enough money. They put way too much into it. So, I mean, mean, they're they're wonderful people. Who wants that job? Really. It's, It's a difficult job. At the same time, though. Three to four hours of homework a night, and then I think it's because the system says, "Well, you got to get a good grade on the SAT because you got to get into a good school." Yeah, and and it just it kind of tumbles downward from there. The problem becomes that all of a sudden your kid takes his nose out of a book and they're through high school. Like, like what happened? What happened to those years, fourteen through eighteen, with the best years of your life, man? <laughs> <laughs> What's something? Um, Besides the basics that you learned in school that you still carry with you today to, I don't know, remember things or the, just the, the, like typing skills, for example. That's something that I remember having a typing class and thinking, well, what am I going to need this for? Oh, my God, I use it all the time. Yeah, literally all the time. I would say little phrases, little sayings. 
that people have taught you, be it a teacher or your mom or your dad or somebody in your life, I remember stuff. Except after C, that, that yeah, kind that, of thing. Yeah, that type yeah. of thing. Tamara says, never eat soggy wheat. And I still picture, anyway, she goes on to something else, but never eat soggy wheat. We ask, what is that? And Cindy comes back and says, at this point, Tamara has checked out. She's got things to do. Cindy says, never eat soggy wheat is north, south, east, and west. But I learned it, never eat shredded wheat. Okay, because north, south, and east, and west is such a difficult <laughs> thing to remember. You know what? We learned that in school, too, and I remember thinking the same thing. I go, it's really not that difficult, Boy. north, south, east, west. And then, yeah, and then she, she said, uh, never eat soggy wheat is in the order of if you start at the top and go clockwise around a compass. So why not just remember then, as a small kid, that probably east, makes sense. South, yeah. west. Do kids even need a compass anymore? I, I don't think compasses have really been required, you know, uh, Google Maps, baby, I'm good. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Rebecca Ball says uh, her nine times table, she does this thing with her fingers, and I was trying it, and then I... I lost like four digits. I've I don't, seen I don't, that before. It is so complicated. Yeah, I agree. Sarah has one in seventh grade earth sciences class. We learned the sentence, my very educated mother just served us nine pizzas. Any idea what that is? My very educated mother just served nine, nine pizzas. Right. No. It's the order of the planets. Uh, outward from the sun. My is Mercury, very is Venus, educated oh. is Earth, Mother, Mars, Jupiter, and so on and so forth, all the way out to pizzas and Pluto. Ha. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then Rachel <laughs> Rachel checked in with this. She said she learned that George Eliot's old grandfather rode a pig home yesterday. <laughs> and she learned that so she could uh, uh, learn to spell geography, the uh -huh. word geography. George Eliot's old grandfather rode a pig home yesterday. And it works... Except what, Tom? <clears throat> she spelled road, R-O-A-D. Maybe there's a catchy rhyme that they have to help you spell road. Appropriate or not. Cody got hit on last night. I sure did. Old men, man. The most confident breed of human being. I tweeted this last night. I was hit on by a guy that Wait, what'd was... what do you call him? Old, man, old men, man? Yeah, old men, man. That okay. was like, you know, the phrase I was yeah trying to use. But, um... He could have been my dad's age, and he kept, uh, he was pretty consistent. He was pretty confident as well, and uh, was definitely chatting me up while I was at happy hour yesterday. Only one, because I didn't have any food in the house. And this dude's just coming at me pretty strong, and definitely implied he wanted to see me again at the end of the conversation. And I was super awkward about it. I should have told him I had a boyfriend, but I kind of just left that out, because... He offered to buy me a beer, and I really wanted a free beer because I like to save money. You wow. women, my wow. gosh, that happened. Wow. Well, Sorry. hey, um, wow. I take people up on their opportunities. Let's let's put it that way. So, Did he at any point try to impress you with his AARP discount? <laughs> How old a guy do you he think he not. was? Uh, maybe about like 55. Did he tell you he had an Avalon? <laughs> Wait, 55? Yeah, about 55. Man, that is say. ancient. That's really old. Yeah, but the age discrepancy is 26 years. And when you're in your 20s, I remember being in my 20s, and I and I, I looked at a guy that was in his 40s and thought, man, dude, you're over with. <laughs> right? So if, if somebody yeah. in their 50s hitting I mean, on come you, on. Get back on your retirement home bus. And <laughs> that is a reach. So where'd you leave it? Well, he was a nice enough guy, so it was pleasant, and, you know, we were having pretty good conversation, but okay. I left it where I just kind of was like, okay, bye, and definitely didn't give him my number or anything. Here's the thing, though. I mean, this, we've worked together for two years, and I'm just now realizing that you think 55 is, that's like old to you. So I have always thought, since you came aboard, that we're like your cool brothers. Oh. But are we more like your cool uncles? 
Yes. Did you really think? Yeah, I thought that we were like your cool brothers. You know, your your cool big brothers that have your back in any situation, but we're more like your your cool uncles. Yeah, or or dads, great great uncles, even <laughs> possibly. New Country 105.1. Here's what's trending, Cody. <clears throat> Down. <laughs> Hi. Do you need another minute? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay. I can't imagine Firestone Public House on 16th and L not being named Firestone. The restaurant and bar is changing its name after Bridgestone Brands filed a lawsuit last year accusing the downtown Sacramento location of violating the Firestone brand trademark. So, in case you don't understand, the tire company is suing this ra- this local restaurant, which to me is just so random. They have nine months to change it, though they say they're probably going to do that sooner than later. Isn't there also a Firestone beer? Are they Yeah, the same? that's what I'm... They, no, they're not the same. They're not? No, not the restaurant or the beer, but yeah, it's just very bizarre. It's very confusing. Yeah. Speaking of beer... The label alone is almost worth a road trip to get a bottle, but what if this is all just a ploy to collect on years-old late fees? The last remaining blockbuster in America is in Bend, Oregon, which is also home to a thriving craft beer industry. So it comes as a little surprise that one of those breweries came up with this, a limited edition blockbuster beer. It's called The Last Blockbuster, and the label is really cool. Blue and yellow looks just like the iconic Blockbuster logo. It's fantastic. Ten Barrel Brewing partnered up with the store, which is owned privately, and describes the beer as a, quote, sinister black ale with a light, smooth finish and nuances of red licorice. Mmm. You can see a picture of the bottle. We've got a link to generate a story about it on our Facebook page. Sounds gross. And this one will turn your head and make you not want to drink one. Bush Light, for the time being, has become Bush Latte. They're trying to cash in on the whole pumpkin spice what? latte that Starbucks rolled out yesterday. Doesn't so Bush Light taste bad enough on its own? I mean, it's not actually a latte, right? They're just changing the name? Or? Exactly. Okay. You're exactly right. What? And in fact, what they did yesterday is they took a beer truck with the Bush Latte logo on the side, and it says, the beer lover's latte. And they parked it right in front of a Starbucks so they could take a picture. That's pretty wow. good. Is that trolling or marketing? <laughs> either way, either way, it's just really bad beer. Pat and Tom. New Country 105.1.